CurioCast's Podcast Emporium. And boop, he did it. Good job, Spider-Man. Yay, good job, Spider-Man. Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the ins- official handbook of the Marvel Universe uh, with a guest, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse, and I'm incredibly tired, and the person with me today is Tim Stevens. Hello, everybody. I am not tired. I am chipper and excited to be with you here today. Woo! Mm. Oh man, all that infectious energy. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about character that is enjoying like a limited amount of popularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I now. think it's very popular with the people it's popular with, but uh, that's not a very large circle. Yes, uh, it's Howard the Duck. Oh. Uh, so, Howard the Duck is interesting, uh, which is, for some reason, becoming a rarity nowadays, because, like, I've had a ton of boring characters lately. <laughs> so, <laughs> but luckily, Tim has gotten uh, the creme of the crop, or the creme de, creme de la creme, uh, this week. And, uh, so, Howard Word. the Duck, his last name... According to Comic Vine, is the duck. I mean, duck. And his middle initial is T, so that could be, I'm thinking Tiberius. That's a solid one. That's a, a reference as well. Yeah, it's uh, Howard Tiberius Duck. <laughs> and then once he comes to our universe, much like uh, immigrants to Ellis Island, we tell him that he can't have that as his middle name anymore, and now he's just the. You know, just because he doesn't look like a person that we know of doesn't mean he's not a person. That's right. But, uh, he first showed up in, uh, Adventure into Fear, number 19, in December mm-hmm. 1973. The Enchanter's Apprentice. And it was a Man-Thing story. Which right. adds, a, which adds another interesting wrinkle to him because he is a, first off, he's an interdimensional character that is stuck on Earth. Which is, there's a lot of those, but the interesting thing about, uh, that is Howard the Duck is like a satirical, like, harder edged character. Yes, definitely. Well, that's what he becomes. He starts off as a sort of weird horror parody character. Um, in that book, and then he takes on this role as Man Thing's not sidekick, but like travels with him in dimensions, and slowly under um, forgetting the writer's name, I'm gonna say it's Steve Gerber. Yes, Steve Gerber, exactly. Yes, Steve Gerber. Under Steve Gerber, he becomes this very satirical character that's uh, far more about holding a mirror up to comic trends and things like that than his roots were. I mean, he's also one of the first Marvel movies, technically. That's true, yeah. Again, weird. Uh, 
he he had his own magazine. It was uh kind of making fun of I guess the Disney comics that was popular at the time. I guess. Yeah, he. I mean, he's a funny. Er, from appearances, you think he's a funny animal, right? Like, yeah. Like Donald or Mickey or uh, you know Spider Ham was that kind of thing. Um, but uh, Gerber took him in a decidedly different direction than that. Yeah, and uh, there's an interesting cover of Howard the Duck, which Howard the Duck with a question mark. There was about nineteen of those. Where it says, the nemesis of middle America nervously stars in his own magazine. And, and, and it, and it's like, it's a lot of, uh, like, more like mad magazine slash, like, style humor to it. Yeah, I mean, at one point he runs for president. Um, so, like I said, you know, even from the beginnings as being a reflection of comics, he becomes increasingly just a satire in general of sort of society at the time. And unlike other, I think, more satirical, fourth-wall-breaking characters, he seems to not like being <laughs> in the comic book a lot. Right, yeah, he is a, he's a decidedly angry creature. You don't tend to see that. You know, like, with She-Hulk, when she broke the fourth wall, and when Byrne was writing her, and that kind of thing, it was a decidedly different tone. Uh, Howard the Duck is not a big fan of humanity, to put it lightly, and not a huge fan of comics, so... <laughs> I like it whatever him and other satirical slash fourth wall breaking characters kind of meet up. Because there was a surprisingly okay uh, book limited series, uh, Deadpool the Duck, where Deadpool and him fused. Right. And it was like, first off, surprisingly good. Which is interesting, because they, I mean, Deadpool is a, a funny satirical character, but he has a decidedly different tone than Howard does. Yes, and it was it was really interesting seeing those two different styles of humor mm-hmm. uh, kind of butt up against each other and actually work. Because yeah. one of the things with uh, the satirical and uh, parody characters and, you know, characters that aren't supposed to be being playing the comic book uh, thing straight. Like, it re- it's really dependent on the writer. Mm-hmm. If it works at all. True. Uh, another thing recently, he was, um, I can't remember if he was a guest in Gwenpool or she was a guest in his book. Um, but that was an interesting combination as well, because she, the, the gimmick with Gwenpool is she's from our world, so she knows, and she's entered the Marvel universe, so she knows all the rules and that sort of thing, and she knows how to exploit it because she knows her own secret identity and so on. So she's kind of a cynical character as well, um, but their cynicism is sort of played against each other. Uh, as his is world weary, uh, where world weary, and that kind of thing, and hers is more just sociopathic. So it's interesting to see that interplay as well. Yeah, it's. Like, it's very interesting seeing these, like, kind of, I guess, fringe characters. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be lampshading the Marvel Universe. Like, being, okay, as I said, limitedly, limited popularity. They're, like, they're not, pr- they're probably not going away. Right. But, like, they're definitely not going to be in the movies anytime soon. Except for Howard the Duck, which he was actually in, too. So, I guess if you count a stinger at the end of a movie, uh, being in a movie, 
Howard the Duck yeah. was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, but he was also part of um, Generation X for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there was a sp- yeah you mentioned that yeah uh, there was a spinoff of that uh, called let me pull that up why didn't I pull this up oh, apparently he was in uh, the Elvira book that was out for a little bit mm. as well I didn't know about that that's interesting yeah it's the uh, I guess, I mean, in a way, she's a parody character, so that kind of does get actually. And he does have horror roots, so yeah, alright. Yeah. get it now. Oh, that's, this actually went for a long time, the Elvira, for 166 issues, each with a pinup uh, of Elvira on the front of all of them. So, yeah, she, he was on a team with a uh, main thing called the Daydreamers, with main thing Franklin... Artie and Leech, uh, and, um, another person that I forgot the name of. Tana Nile, who is an alien. Right. Who I think was, I want to say was original to that book, but I could be, actually probably original to Generation X. Yeah, she's from the Sudstar Rigel. Oh. Rigel's a very popular place to be from. Yeah. Uh, and she and her people were first b- forced by Thor to discontinue their practice of colonizing, with air quotes, around, uh, other, I mean, other colonized worlds. Thor just inserting himself in other people's culture and making them change it. Shameful. Uh, yeah, it's so shameful stopping these colonizing forces from just doing, doing their God-given right. Um... She, yeah, she first appeared as a villain, trying to call it as Earth. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, she's on a lot. Like, she kind of... It seems like she kind of showed up and burned out, like, pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think that book, we... I think it only lasted three issues, we said, and I, I imagine that she didn't have much running time after that. Yeah, she showed up in 79 issues. Oh wow. but, uh Yeah, it's not a lot compared to other things. But yeah, it's yeah, this but the Daydreamers was basically a was basically a uh spin-off of Generation X, which Generation X was very popular. I never really read it because Chamber scared me as a child. <laughs> Chamber was awesome. I love Chamber, but yes, you were right. It was very popular. Yeah, uh, out of the game. Yeah, I never really read it though. I heard really good things about it. I should probably read it now that I'm not a child and I'm not scared of Chamber. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, by the way, Chamber is a person who's whenever his mutant powers manifested, basically like the lower half of his jaw and somewhat down was basically blown off, and it's just like a portal of energy. Right, yeah, I mean, think about, like, Rogue accidentally putting her first boyfriend into a coma because she didn't quite understand her powers. That's Chamber, except he did it to himself, and it resulted in him having no jaw. (laughs) Understandably, as a kid, who was scared of everything, that scared me. A lot. I'm not sure that we're going to agree that's understandable. 
but you know. Okay. It's <laughs> it's whatever. Well, I'm just I'm just one of those millennials who want everything catered to them and everything being right. lollipop and sun- <laughs> so scared of the world. <laughs> so scared. I'm so scared of the world. And also, uh, Howard the Duck was one of the people, uh, that got a Max title, which sometime in the late 90s, early, early 2000s, Marvel was kind of flagging, mm-hmm. like real bad. And they, and they decided to go for a more mature audience for a while. So they did a Max series, which is basically, where they could show, like, sex and violence and weird ways. They didn't have language restrictions in the same way. Yeah, and he had one of those books. I think it was a very limited series. There's six yeah, of them. I believe, and I think it was set out to be a limited series, although I could be wrong about that. Yeah, it's also, this art would have scared me as a child also. <laughs> Is that the Winslade one, or whoever, who's the other person that you wrote? I can't remember. Um, well, there's a picture of a, of a, I'm guessing a rat. If we're more is, five, it the, is it the cover or is the it cover. the interiors? The cover. Oh, that's, that's Febre. That's uh, the guy who did uh, Preacher. Yeah, yeah. It's Fabre. Yeah, yeah, the guy who did Preacher, which, um. Preacher covers, know. to be clear. Yeah, Dylan Preacher. Did the interiors. Yeah, I uh, am avoiding those. I don't know if I should, but I know a lot of people who love them, and I don't like them. So, <laughs> um, hey, you get to make your choices. That's the beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the show mostly because I like Dominic, uh, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the show. Uh, so like you know, I'll just get it through there, I guess. The former Howard Stark. Yeah, former Howard Stark. Huh, that's so weird. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, in the early 2000s, late, super late 90s, when Marvel was flagging, they did Marvel Knights and Howard the, did like, Max series. So, that's how you get, like, the Punisher Max and. Yeah, Punisher Max, which would be easily the most popular title from that. You get some infamous stuff as well, like, you get the. Cage book written by, um, oh man, I shouldn't start this because I don't know the guy's name. I'm blanking on it. Um, he's the guy that just got in, or who helped out on adapting Killing Joke, who called an audience member a pussy for asking a question, but I'm blanking on his name. Oh, well, I uh, can search that up. <laughs> <laughs> so that Cage book, which a lot of people have criticized for being sort of borderline racist, and then there was the. Um, Two Gun Kid book where Two Gun Kid was a, uh, revealed to be gay, but was very stereotypical and very campy. Um, written by Howard or uh, Robert Zimmerman, who's never been anyone's favorite writer, uh, Marvel, anyways. So for every hit like uh, Punisher Max, and I think the Howard the Duck book was regarded as well fairly well. Uh, there were some dicey stuff that came out of there for sure. Did I vamp long enough there? You did vamp, but I don't know exactly what it was called, so it's hard for me to look it up. I put Cage Max. I don't know if I'm supposed to put Luke Cage Max, Max or... It was written by Azarello, Brian Azarello. That's who it is. It was drawn by Corbin, oh. so it looked great, but uh, Azarello, like I said, was criticized at the time for writing um, Cage and the characters around him as... Uh, 
at least by some, as uh, very racial. Well, uh, the fun thing about um, white writers writing black characters is that they always get them right, and they never. <laughs> right, and there's never been an issue. <laughs> there's never been an issue. Besides the best-selling issues that they that they put hey, out, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but like, you also, but like a lot of the like, but the Marvel Knights also had like uh, it was Daredevil, Daredevil, Moon Knight, Punisher, uh, Black Panther was Black- uh, the sort of modern incarnation of Black Panther was born in that series, written by Christopher Priest. Um, there was a book just called Marvel Knights, which was sort of a team up of all the um, street levels like Daredevil and Moon Knight, and I believe uh, Punisher was in that. I'm missing the fourth title, though. What was the fourth? Oh, Inhumans. The Inhumans limited series was the fourth launch title with uh, Paul Jenkins. It was probably, at least in my opinion, the best Inhuman story ever. And um, that's hard to say. It's hard to be because, you know, Inhumans is the best IP of the past 10 years. Just doing gangbusters at the box office right now in IMAX. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I heard that no one complained to how Lockjaw looked. No, I heard everybody loved it, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be super popular when it debuts on ABC this fall. Yep, ABC <laughs> loves that. It's uh, ABC hates that it only has eight episodes. Yeah, they're, and they're just so disappointed they can't start it right away. <laughs> uh, I hope people hear the sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything else we should talk about, Howard the Duck? Um, recently had a series uh, written by Chip Zdarsky that's been pretty well regarded. Um, yes, it's definitely good. A, a different tone, but um, it was well written and people liked it. So, yeah, if it, you're looking to get something a little more recent than 1970s, uh, early 80s, that's your best bet to start. Yeah, it was a uh, kind of a uh, like making fun of like the detective. Detective mm-hmm. stories, yeah. And it was it was real fun. Uh, it has some of the it has some like really cool interactions with Spider Man, uh, where he uses a spotlight on his belt that he never uses. Mm-hmm. At some point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, it's funny, and uh, I think it doesn't it have a crossover with the with the um the legal drama uh, She Hulk. Yes, but- it does at one point. Yep. Yeah, which also, uh, wait, I I didn't really read that because I didn't like the artist. So the souls, um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it it was. um, uh, How would I characterize it? It wasn't as funny as Dan Slott's um, take on She Hulk, but it had some good humor to it. And Soul is an attorney, so he was able to uh, plumb some of the you know nuances of that for a pretty interesting story. Uh, I have to confess, I'm not as up on the gray She-Hulk that's running right now. I hear mixed things about that. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not about quality. Like, I've, like, the most, mostly what I hear about it is it's just it kind of followed a series where she was allowed to kind of be She-Hulk and attorney and mm-hmm. be, like, stable in a way that she isn't that stable normally. Yeah, I mean, the recent history of She-Hulk has been very much that, you know, her sort of my opinion the best she-hulk stories are she is she-hulk that's who she is she's happy being that and the conflict comes from other matters in her life 
Um, and this one is now very much uh, based on She-Hulk is a problem for her, for lack of a better way. Yes, which I'm not a fan of that either, because I like that she liked being Hulk, basically, her own little version of Hulk. And it was interesting, like, seeing her confidence, because, like, she is, like, a normal woman, you know, and she's not She-Hulk, and she kind of enjoyed being, like, a big, strong, smart lady that people, like, immediately respected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a different take, and certainly... uh, And it's written by a woman writer, so that's nice. But uh, I just connect better with the idea... Because it's because it's a different thing in general than a lot of superheroes. The idea that She-Hulk's favorite aspect of her life is being She-Hulk, as opposed to the burden. Well, whatever. Uh, this has been uh, this has been me talking kind of about Howard the Duck and mostly stuff surrounding him, because he <laughs> touches a lot of things in the Marvel universe without being super popular. Right, and that's what makes him interesting. In part, is the way he. Uh, on the surface seems like such a sort of two-dimensional character and if you actually look at his history he's moved through genres and people's books with a surprising amount of ease yeah and uh, I think one of the uh, better short like I think it was like two issue runs of or one I could look this up but there's but unfortunately I have no way of doing that (laughs) um so, but there, in uh, Secret Wars, the yes, uh, he, yep. there was one where I think Blade, uh, in Secret Wars, but it was like a, it was like a two episode, um, noir book about a human in uh the Duck World. So it was right. kind of like the opposite. Which is it was Howard the, the Human. Flip of, yeah, exactly. It's essentially the flip of Howard's. Yeah, and it was really, and it, it, I liked it a lot. It was, and it didn't overstate its welcome, but almost none of the, uh, Secret War books overstate their welcome. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of the beauty of them is that I think the longest one ran for maybe f- either four or six issues. I can't remember which, but yeah. And, six? uh, what Howard the say? Human was one issue. Yeah, Howard the Duck Written was by one Scott issue. Young. Yeah, which uh, Scotty Young is a person I like a lot, and mm-hmm. um, so Stephen, things you do that people can access. Things I do. Uh, you can. The easiest place to start is at Ungaje on Twitter because I tend to throw all my links up there. But uh, you can go and drink deeply straight from the source at timstevensisungaje.com. I'm on Marvel three or four times a week, and that's marvel.com. And last but not least, I've just started a engagement with Nation of Nerds, which is the full title.com, where I'm doing once a week, I'm doing sort of a op-ed, nostalgia-esque kind of look back over my years, collecting comics and things I've realized. Uh, so far, I talked about Wally West and how I missed the Wally West of the 90s and 2000s. And I wrote a column about how much I love the Shocker, the Spider-Man villain, not the sexual thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, I agree that Wally West is better than Barry Allen in almost every mm-hmm. way. Absolutely. Even though, like, there's a... um. 
it's a probably dead podcast now, but there's a, it's called Tom versus comics. And he did a yes. run where he talked about every single issue of Barry Allen. Cause that was his yeah. flash. And like, I get people could like a character, but why Barry Allen? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's whatever. I, I enjoy Wally West. Uh, but my, my flash or my flash character, family character is, um, is Kid Flash from uh, Bart Allen? Ah, the Titans Kid Flash. Yeah, the Titans Kid Flash from the early two thousands. Yeah. I hear that. I liked yeah. him. I liked him as Impulse. I liked a lot of that stuff from the nineties and two thousands, and I do miss it. You know, I think the Flash book right now is actually good. Uh, it's just that the guy who's in the Flash costume is the least interesting part of it for me. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Like I'll I'll yep. read a comic f- book for a long time if I like the supporting cast, but mm-hmm. don't like the main character, aka yeah. every single thing with Hal Jordan in it. Yes, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> I really dislike Hal Jordan. But I like the setting he's in, which means mm-hmm. I'll just deal with him reminiscing about his dad dying every two issues. Right. And reminding him he's a fighter pilot. But also, I also like the shocker, the non-sex thing, the, the yes. Spider-Man villain. He's, he's, <laughs> I mean, no judgment if you like the sex thing, too. I just, I don't really get into that in my column. It's not really my, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um... Um, yeah, this is Jesse. Uh, I'm tired, mostly, and I also have this <laughs> podcast. And if you'd like to follow this podcast, you could follow it at Alpha Flight Pod on Twitter, and you can check out the rest of our shows at the Curacast Group on Facebook. If you'd like to support the shows, you can find us on Patreon and buy T-shirts and junk on Red Bubbles. On Red Bubble, you can find the links to all that stuff in the show notes down below. The artwork is done by Ryan Healy. Uh, who should be starting his hit podcast, Tales from the Static, soon for season two. Yeah, I hear next week. I'm excited. Uh, maybe this week? Uh, oh, right. I, when I read the tweet versus now, you're probably right. Or maybe yep. last week. Depending no, when this is. <laughs> it's last week, because I still have it uploaded. No, no, it's this week. Time works weird, guys. Just look it up and find it. You have like 20-something episodes to listen to. The fact of the matter is, it is either back or it is back very shortly after you listen to this. Yes. So, um, uh, may Conchu, like, let you lay in his lap and fall asleep while watching TV. Aw, that's uh, beautiful. Yeah, well, he, he's a very, he's a very caring lover. <laughs> I don't know why I make Conchu a lover immediately, but uh, apparently that's what I do. I make everyone kiss. It's It's beautiful, man. You just want people to be in love. Exactly. Because I'm a romantic at heart. That's what I hear about you. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of romantics, bye! Bye!